Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. On today's Patriot Nation podcast, short week this week, Patriots are coming off an absolute curb stomping of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, we are here to break it down and also preview the Atlanta Falcons, who might be without Cordell Patterson. Things are lining up awfully nice for the Patriots. We also, of course, finish with 5-Minute Fantasy. It's a heck of a show, so buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands he has. Pass. Wilson, quick throw. And it's Gentlemen, how are we feeling about a 45 to 7 blowout over the Cleveland? Oh, yeah. No, uh, <laughs> no, that was an awesome game. And, you know, to start, obviously, that opening drive, they looked, they were getting dominated up front. Um, you know, they, they just, I don't think they, I don't want to say they didn't come out ready to play because they, they, completely controlled the game after that. I just think sometimes you're kind of on your heels in opening drive. You're kind of trying to figure some things out. But after that opening drive, you were kind of like, okay, this is the kind of game it's going to be. Maybe they'll open this thing up and it'll be a high scoring game. And and after that opening drive, I think they averaged 2.2 yards per play. Yeah. I mean, they, um, they, they dominated every, every, I can't remember. I think that first half was the most dominating half they've had since that one week two when Antonio Brown was here, when they were up yeah. like, it was like 31, nothing. It had, they had a pick, Gilmore pick six. Right. Brady went bing, bing, bing to yeah, in, Antonio in Brown for a touchdown. Yeah. yeah. That was dominating. Um, It was great to see because, you know, you, you, that was as big of a game. I know Hunter Henry talked about it to us after about, that had a playoff atmosphere. The the team treated it as a playoff game. Um, Cause you look at the, the kind of the projections and, and, you know, who knows how much you believe into those, those, you know, the five thirty eight, the analytical kind of stuff. Um, but there's no question, especially with the chargers losing, they control their own destiny. Now you have a leg up on two of those teams that you'll kind of be, you know, coming down to the wire on Pittsburgh tied. Uh, are they still ahead of them though? Is Pittsburgh still ahead of the Patriots in the standings? I don't uh, know in front of me. They're not Patriots have a, no, have I, another win, but the doll the they have one less loss. But the Patriots should be above them because they have six I think wins. percentage points. They're yeah, they're like right up. Right so above. what I mean, like it's not crazy to think now, like not to look ahead 
Um, but you you noted it about Cordero Patterson, right? So you play you play the Browns this week, no Nick Chubb. You play Atlanta this week, no Cordero Patterson. Who would have thought we'd be saying that six months ago? But what yeah. a year he's had. I'm super happy for him. That guy was awesome here. Uh, finally kind of figure out a role for himself. They don't have him. That's one less guy you got to worry about. And then you play Tennessee the next week. No Derrick Henry, no Julio Jones. So uh, they're taking care of their business. Um, and like I said, we can get into it, but I don't think the division is is that out of reach. Like they're half game out and what seemed to be an afterthought, I think they had like a 3% chance to win the division after the Cowboys lost. Now it's way up to like 16, 17. They control their own destiny. You get two with Buffalo, you split and hope somebody can do some, uh, give you some help down the road. And hey, what do you know? You get a home playoff game. Right. And I, I want to go back to Cleveland like real quick. I, I'm sure everybody listening and watching wants to do their victory lap because who wouldn't after a game like that? But I too need to do my victory lap because Pat, you were you were shocked by it last week where I said without Nick Chubb, the, this the Cleveland offense isn't very good. Like they have a great offensive line, the offense itself not great. I thought the Patriots defense was going to score more points. I was about five yards away from that becoming a reality yeah. because if Devin McCourty makes that interception and if Kyle Duggar gets into the end zone, who's like five yards away, your boys cashing tickets all over the place. So to, to put forward a victory like that, where you completely dominate a team where going into the last two years, people have viewed them as Super Bowl contenders, Cleveland, right? The, the amount of talent that they have on that roster, everybody's viewed them as, you know, if they can put it together, if they can get over that being Cleveland hump, then, you know, maybe they can figure something out and and make a run at things. And you straight up dominated them. And I, I tweeted it before the end of the first half, and, and Spags mentioned it. Mac Jones could have punted the ball into the, the back of the end zone on that last drive of the first half, and it would have been the best first half they've had in two years. And then they go down and they score. They finish off like a 92-yard touchdown drive, and it's – I think that's the best one they've had in well over two years, probably going back to 2018. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, it was just dominating from beginning to end. And we you mentioned the first drives bags and they go 84 yards. Cleveland goes 84 yards in the first drive and just absolutely put the Patriots on their heels, running all over them. They looked awful. However, after that drive and, and I don't count the last two drives of the game because Patriots are essentially in prevent defense at that point. Baker's not even in the game anymore. They're essentially just in just just in prevent. They allowed 31 total yards of offense after the first drive until late in the fourth quarter. 31 yards of offense. I mean, that's outrageous. That is outrageous that they were able to just completely stuff the Browns. And what happens is with the Browns, if you stop the run. You make Baker pass. And what the Patriots did was they said, we'll give you the short stuff. You want to throw the ball four yards underneath? We'll give it to you. Because Baker's not going to take it, which is why I think, you know, and, and of course, things have gone, you know, oh, is Baker the guy? Is Baker not the guy? And the Patriots could be in a similar situation that the Browns are in, blah, 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 blah. I think Baker's clearly not the guy. Clearly not the guy. Because he won't take what you give him. He won't. Look, Jawan Bentley was in the game. I love Jawan Bentley. He's been unbelievable. I wrote him out of my article. Spags, you tweeted about him. Keegan, we've been talking about him. The guy's awesome. Against the run. Against the pass in space, he's awful. Awful. I would have thrown at him on every... See, he was out there every play. I would have thrown at Jawan Bentley on every single play. Every play I would have thrown at him. Because why? Because why not? And he's going to give you the space to catch the pass. 
and they just refused to do it because Baker was looking to make a big play or throw the ball downfield, and it's like, what are you doing, guy? Just that, take five yards. That goes back to, you know, Cleveland controlled the tempo on the first drive. They were able to do whatever they wanted. New England comes back and answers, and then, like, quick, one mistake by Baker goes mm-hmm. the other way. Now the Patriots are up, and they're controlling the game because they have the lead. So right. Cleveland's playing from behind. They're not built that way. So I think that's another – it goes towards the Patriots as well. Like, if you're able to make that one play and you're able to control the game, I've had this argument with Brian 15,000 times about <laughs> clock management and how the time of possession does matter because human beings play football. Like, if you're able to control the tempo of the game and you get Cleveland behind, you make Baker throw, and like you're saying – He's not going to take the cheap stuff against Jawan Bentley, who's physically incapable of covering a running back. He's going to try to, to force the issue, and he's not going to be able to do it. So I I just wanted to go back. Like, the Patriots were able to – this wasn't a Baker-Mayfield sucks, you know, the Cleveland offense sucks kind of game. This was the Patriots, you know, controlled and, and forced the Browns to do what they wanted them to do. And and what a job on Miles Garrett. I actually just – I meant to – do some research on that, you know, earlier. I just dug it up. He had a season low two pressures. Um, yeah. I, I would love to see the last time that guy had two pressures in a game, obviously per PFF. Um, he had the sack on the opening drive, which I saw kind of you guys going back and forth with the two tackles kind of, you know, cut block and, and Mac just, you know, like you said, kind of li- lived to play another down. But after that, completely shut down. And I do want to give a lot of credit. I, I tweeted this out today. Nikhil Harry, and I know, Keegan, you're, you're a big fan of him. And, you know, obviously Patriots fans are. What does it say? Super, what does it yeah, say, pretty, Keegan? Uh, Give Nikhil Harry three targets per game. Yeah. <laughs> there I mean, you go. Hey, he, it, was, it was his best game as a member of the Patriots, and he had one catch and one target. And it came from yep. Brian Hoyer in garbage time. And that was in his the, best game. And the best part about that exactly. was when when it, it, it takes such an unselfish – like you're a first-round pick. You were brought here to be the number one, play outside the numbers – you know, demand eight to 10 targets and be a difference maker on offense. That obviously isn't the case. I don't think it ever will be for you to, to kind of recognize your role this, you know, three years into your career here and just kind of, you know, look yourself in the mirror and say, if this is what I got to do to to stay in the league and stay here, I'll do it. And I give him a lot of props. It it takes a lot of uh, unselfishness. Uh, He did a fantastic job. And and the best part was on that play where he kind of took Garrett out, I think it was on like a toss to Stevenson on his Stevenson. touchdown. Yep. After you the, could after see the how, how how ecstatic he was. I just think yeah. those little things, you know, people are box score watching and right, we all do it sometimes. And it's easy to 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 pick on him and go after him. But those things that he did yesterday win football games. And they, I think they to be honest, they they make you win a lot more games when you have a player like that. Um, he was awesome. And, and like right. I said, credit where it's due. Like I said, everybody likes to dunk on him. And, and you know, I, I'm a victim of that sometimes, too. But after seeing that, it's like well, dude, and a lot of props to him. Yeah. And remember the offseason, right? Remember the offseason where he three months his, ago, his agent came out and said, you know, we don't feel like we're being used in the offense enough. And we want to be we want to get more playing time and blah, 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 all this stuff. And everyone was like, oh, what the hell is this guy doing? And he hates Belichick and he wants out of here. And it's like him and Belichick clearly mended the fences. Right. And he's 100. I mean, Spags, you hit the nail on the head. He's 100% bought into his role. Like he is a guy that was out there celebrating his blocks and loved and- it. There was one play where he came down and I don't know if they ran a toss play or they would. I'm not sure where they were running, but he 
I think it was like a, it ended up being like a loss because they didn't block. It was a, um, yeah, he, it was a draw leveled, play and they didn't block Miles the middle Garrett. and he just crushed yeah. Miles Garrett. Like, I mean, he just, it was awesome. To be honest too, and not to like keep harping on it, like for him to request a trade, for him to be unhappy about his role, like I completely understand that side of it too, right? Like we always talked about the fit is just, isn't there with him offensively and a scheme wise. I think he'd, you know, flourish and probably be a nice little wide receiver three on some other teams. Yeah. But for him, like you said, to to realize that kind of overcome a, a lot of off season of uh, obviously they go out and sign two tight ends and bring in Aguilar and Bourne. You kind of see the writing on the wall for him to, like I said, look himself in the mirror and kind of take on that role. I'm sure they gave him a lot of I hope they gave him a lot of praise in the film room today, because like I said, that was his best game as a Patriot here. And he had one catch in garbage time. And that says right. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And before we wrap it up to just going back. Like how many games has he played over the over the past three years? He missed the whole first half of his rookie season. He missed a couple games last year. Missed a game this year, and so it took some time for them to find a role for him. But you mentioned they they signed the tight ends, but they also signed a bunch of receivers who do the exact opposite thing as him. So they knew that they wanted to get him into a specific role in the offense. And you saw it yesterday where he played more than Kendrick Bourne did. He had more snaps on offense, but they both had very defined roles where Kendrick Bourne took three end arounds. Uh, he had three rushes as a wide receiver and Nikhil Harry was probably their best blocker all day. So it's like, this is what the Patriots do, right? They find a role for you and they shove you into that role and that's what you're going to do. And the fact that he bought into it and after requesting a trade or his agent requesting a trade and throughout the summer, we, we talked about how, Oh, he looked pretty good. Like, is he going to, is he going to finally become a, a bigger role find a bigger role in the offense? He didn't do it in the way that we thought he would, but eventually he got there and I think that's all you can ask out of a guy who disappointed everybody in the first two years but we're past that now you can't look at him as the former first round pick disappointment you got to look at him as he's a receiver he's their fourth receiver and he's one of their best blockers on the team so you love firing off takes Keegan not like crazy ones I have a weird I was thinking about it yesterday I think I said it to Barth I'm not sure I have a weird feeling like He's going to catch a big, he's going to make a big play down the stretch. And like, he'll just be remembered here no matter what happens for that. Like, whether it's to win the division, win a playoff game, like, I could see, I hope it happens to him because that's a guy who I think deserves it. Yeah. Yeah. He absolutely does. uh, Not a lot of Nikhil Harry love for for as long as we've done this podcast. Obviously, Keegan, you hopped on last year, but me and Pat have never (laughs) given him this much credit. But I think, I think we're pretty much straight shooters here. I think he completely deserves it. Awesome. Awesome job. Yeah, he did. And he I did appreciate you saying I don't do the hot takes because I don't. They're no, they might get a little hot, but they're right. Like yesterday, <laughs> where Cleveland yes. scored six points, and yep. the Patriots' defense almost nat- matched it. I mean, yeah, your boy knows what he's talking about. I mean, you're right. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's switch to a, to another player in the offense, another first round pick. Feel Harry, what a wild Mac, thing. I know, right? Mac Jones, um, unbelievable yesterday, and to me, it starts. I go way back to the beginning of the game, way back to the beginning of the game. Patriots had just allowed that 84 yard touchdown. Uh, defense looked terrible on the drive. Offense gets the ball. They run it for two yards on first down, run it for zero yards on second down. You're staring at third and eight and looking in the eye, a three and out after allowing an 84 yard touchdown drive. And Matt completes a pass to Hunter Henry for 12. Then you run the ball again. First down and second down. Now it's third and six. 
He completes two plays later. He completes a seven yard pass to Kendrick Bourne on third and six. Then you get a holding call that pushes you back in the red zone. You complete a 20 yard screen pass to Brandon Bolden. They picked up three third down conversions on that first drive to lead him into the end zone for a touchdown on what was an, I think an 82 yard touchdown drive or something like that. That was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. The kid is not phased by anything. He doesn't get scared. He doesn't get nervous. He doesn't the like he he's the real deal. He is the real deal. Two for three for under two hundred yards, but like he had his best game of his year. He was it was unbelievable. And and he's it's slowly becoming his team too. Like it's hard for a rookie to take the right, like to be serve as the starting quarterback, right, on a team on a franchise like this. Um, and, and Devin McCourty talked about it after the game and, and Mac was kind of in the corner and he was smirking the whole time. And, and Devin didn't even look at him. Like he, you could tell he was just speaking right from the heart. And, you know, they talked about the, the, the amount of distractions that he faced with the Brian Burns thing and constantly being asked about that. And he just said, dude, he's all football. Like he doesn't listen to anything. They did a good job with him at Bama. He is locked in and it's been fun to watch. Like you can see the respect, and I think that's hard for for rookie quarterbacks to to demand. Especially, I, I think the Patriots have a lot of, they have a ton of great guys in that locker room and a lot of great leaders. Uh, th- they know a leader when they see one. I think it's slowly becoming his team. I, I can't remember, like you said, he threw for under two hundred yards. I can't remember seeing a rookie quarterback look that efficient. I mean, that's the number three defense in the league. Shredded him, like picked him apart. Like you said early on in the game, they faced some tough third downs when that game was, you know kind of up for grabs. He completely took over. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson was awesome. I thought the offensive line after that, really from the get-go, just dominated up front versus a good front. They had a good plan for Garrett. The only thing I had a question with was on when who played 26 snaps. I, I, it, it's tough, right? Like They have six starting off, like caliber offensive linemen. I think Ted Karras has been awesome when he came in when Brown was out and they kicked on when who out. Um, I, I didn't, I don't know how, I think Trent Brown played like 68% of snaps, which I thought was a lot more than I thought he would simply because he's only, he really hasn't played this year. He's played the first drive and you haven't seen him. That would have been a tough task to go against that front. Uh, and he did awesome too. Like, I I think, um, you know, someone had said today it was a highlight tape for him all over. He was, he looked like he didn't miss a beat. So, uh, I, I just think obviously went from Mac to the offensive line, but just, an offensive, the best offensive showing we've seen in, in years, really. I think since that Miami game, to be honest, and look at the players they had on that team. Yeah. And it's, it's super tough to really talk about the offensive line, especially because we don't have film anymore because NFL game pass is a garbage product, but like you can't really go. I'm not going to cast dispersions on players or, or say, you know, cause you, you don't know. Right. But I think we all can agree that they have six starting caliber offensive linemen, like Spag said, and, the plan that they went into yesterday's game with was we have six starting caliber offensive linemen. We're going to use every single one of them. And we're going to show everybody what kind of team we are, what kind of team everybody thought we were going to be. And that's running the ball, running straight at the best player on whatever defense they're playing and bullying them. Like I think Taylor Kyle's tweeted out the the picture and it was Shaq Mason, Trent Brown, Michael Onwenu with Jakob Johnson behind Trent Brown. And Nikhil Harry. And it's like, that's a thousand pounds worth of people for Miles Garrett. Like they're, they're just there to block Miles Garrett. So that's the kind of team that they're going to be. Right. So being able to, being able to have that. And I, I think if I, if I were to guess on when who's going to find his way back to left guard, because Ted Karras 
you know, he's played well. He He's a good starter. He's not as good as Michael Nwenu. He, he's right. just not. But also Michael Nwenu has shown the ability to be thrown into a spot like the, the blocking tight end and just excel. Like you could throw that guy at wide receiver. He might come down with a few catches. Like he's right. – it's just what I he wanted. Does, right? so, I wanted a Mike on winning touchdown. I thought we were gonna so bad, so the, the bad. Second, I wanted a Mike on winning touchdown. The second Hunter Henry touchdown, they lined him up, uh, offset, uh, off the line as a tight end, and I was like, oh man, he's gonna, it's he's gonna catch a fade in the back of the end zone. But <laughs> not, not to ramble about Mike on winning, but I think, I think that's what we're gonna find over the next few weeks is. Maybe they'll keep with this starting unit, but Michael Wendy is going to play like 30, 40% of the snaps because they want to run the ball down whoever they're playing's throat. And if they can do it against Cleveland, the number three run defense in the league, they can do it against anybody. Right. And they don't have to play the top two because they've already played them. So if they can do it against them, they can do it against anybody. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's exactly what you're looking at. And look, everyone got on win when they allowed the sack early in the game. And again, you know, I, I talked about it on Twitter. You guys mentioned, you referenced it. Like, I talked about it on Twitter. I said it the second it happened. If you have the left tackle and the right tackle both try to cut block, it's a quick pass. That's the only reason why you would ever do that. You would never ask both of your tackles to cut block on a play that is gonna be, isn't going to be going to be a quick hitter because the idea is I'm going to get their hands down and boom, throw it right away. That was the play. And then it wasn't there. And so what's Max supposed to do? And they both missed their cut blocks, so which obviously isn't ideal. But they both missed their cut blocks, and now Max in the pocket, like, well, I got to take a sack because I can't throw it away because it's a, it's intentional grounding. So it just it, you know it is the way it is. So you know, obviously not ideal in that situation, but sometimes you take the sack and you lift and you live to fight another day. It was a three yard loss, like it, you know, it really wasn't that big of a deal. So and if that's what we're talking about after right. game, then correct, they did yeah. pretty they did pretty good. Right, Miles Garrett forced a hand, an illegal hand to the face. And had that sack. And that was it all day long. And by the way, that hands to the face, I know the, the pass didn't count. But I got like chills down my spine when he did that. He That play that didn't count, Mac like shuffled up just like a half a step and threw it as he was shuffling up. And it was like, it was like I was watching Tom Brady do it. It really was like I was watching Tom Brady do it. It was outrageous. And we need to get this. Okay, we, we need to address this. Because Spag said it, and we need to address it. We were on live during the draft. We were both unhappy. Oh, uh, uh, you guys are done. All of you. <laughs> and it, All of you are hey, done listen. when he wins Rookie of the Year. All we, of you. Listen, that wasn't the Mac Jones pick. I want to be very clear. That's true. That, that was, is very true. That was. I got the notification on my phone. Adam Schefter tweeted, the Chicago Bears have traded up, and they're looking to select the quarterback. That's when I said I was broken. Yes. Because we all knew it was Justin Fields. All right. Okay. You're Taylor, clarifying. I'm Taylor just Kyles, fine either. I mean, Taylor, I just, hey, I'm not I'm not one to speak because um You've had a couple you've had a couple of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So well, I'm one for two. But listen, Taylor, Taylor and Mark were very, very upset. Very upset that he got taken. Ryan almost left the stream. Yeah. Ryan no, he was, was he was, he was you know what? Yeah, and you know what? Honestly, the, the thing I hated about Mac. The thing I didn't trust about Mac was that he essentially is a Brady clone. And I was like, well, you can't replace Tom Brady with a guy that looks like Tom Brady like that. that, There's no way that could possibly work. Right. And like it's worked so far, but like, man, Ryan Clark said it perfect this, this weekend. Like he's like, if I was the 14 teams ahead of them, I wouldn't have drafted him because I thought he was really good. It was because I didn't want him to go. Doing like it was just a perfect situation for him. Yeah. That's what it is, um, right? 
the other thing too, like you talk, like we talked about it pre-draft and all that. Like, it's bet- half, more than half of it is between the years. It was no question that kid was a student in the game, you know, pro style offense. He, he, you know, looked like a quarterback. Like you knew that kid wherever he went was going to find a way to play at least ten years. Like and it just like, wasn't. He obviously has his draft, limitations, but he knows his. He knows right. how to play the position, man. Like it's that's just, the point. Coming in the draft efficient. when when we're doing our draft show, like we're not interviewing Mac Jones. We're not giving him the wonderlick. Like we don't know. Do we really know how smart he is? No. What what you can evaluate is the physical stuff. And right. guys, he'll never be as talented as the other guys, <laughs> but he's sure as hell is a lot smarter than them, and he fits the system more than they fit those systems, and that's why he's so good. I think well, it's okay me, to say that, right? Let like, me ask you. Let me ask you this question, and this is this is my comp for him. What's the difference? Between on the football field, just on the field, forget about, you know, regular season game. What's the difference between Kirk Cousins and Tom Brady? Just on the football field. Forget about everything else. Forget about it in the classroom, smarts, yeah. brains, all that other stuff. Physically on the football field, what's the difference between Kirk Cousins and Tom Brady? It's not much. There's a little bit, but there's not much. This. I mean, Mentally the is the biggest difference. Yeah, I was going to say arm strength and accuracy. Like, well, it, yeah. I don't know. I, I think too, like Cousins is the number two most efficient about. quarterback in the NFL. Right. I know. That's I know. what we're talking I'm about saying... though. It's, it's the stuff that you can, you can actually see and you can evaluate, which is athleticism. I would say Kirk Cousins is a better athlete than Tom Brady yeah. arm strength and decision-making and, and I think accuracy that's Brady. The best comp for him for, or I think his ceiling maybe, and people have said it before, but I thought it was pretty spot on. Great segue right here, but segueing into Atlanta I think Matt Ryan is a great comp ceiling for Mac Jones and and people like scoff at that it's like dude he won an MVP he's been a starter for what 13 years 14 years one one a pat like led the league in passing like he's he's a pretty good starter for a long time I and he made it you know Mac may be better than him but I think a comp ceiling type is Matt Ryan like you put Matt Ryan here for his career he probably finds a way to win two or three Super Bowls you know um but yeah, Absolutely. let's get into the Atlanta game. Obviously, short week. These are the games that you cannot, uh, especially a team rolling like this, can't look past. It's simple, easy, easy trap game. I know people are talking about it today, right? I, that's a pretty good opponent. I know they've had their ups and downs. They were in a playoff spot going in this week. Obviously, got their doors blown off by Dallas. Dallas, would they put up 45? Like, they're going to do that to every. 40, Dallas put up 35 here. So, like, that, there's no real way to kind of measure that game. Um, but I think it'll be a lot tougher than people think um, simply because it's a short week. Yeah. Mac ice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I no Cordero would certainly help. I think you start, it's kind of crazy. You're talking about eliminating a, a rookie tight end. Like we've never seen somebody come in and dominate this much tough position. TJ Hawkinson is super talented. He didn't do much as rookie year. Kyle Pitts is having a career year. He's third in mm-hmm. receiving yards amongst tight ends, uh, finding a way to, to kind of minimize him. And obviously they don't have Calvin Ridley for, you know, kind of the, the mental stuff he's going through. Obviously prayers to him, figure that out. Great player. So they're, they're certainly not the Atlanta team that you saw on paper week one. Um, but I still think it's a, it's a pretty good opponent on a short week. Like I said, a trap game and, and somebody that they can't look past and you get 10 days to prepare, prepare for Tennessee. So let's get through this one. Yep. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of on the opposite end where, it's Kyle Pitts. You have to prepare for Kyle Pitts. We talked about it all throughout the summer and the spring, how Kyle Pitts is that dude. Like, he's for real, and we all knew that. But then it's like Russell Gage, you know? 
Are we worried about Russell Gage? Are we worried about Mike Davis? I don't think so, you know? So, uh, I think tight this is ends, Like, who do you think they, they scheme up with, with Pitts? Is it Duggar? I think J.C. Like... Jackson. I think J.C. Jackson gets Pitts. And then I think Sorry, you probably throw Jalen Mills on Russell Gage, who's their top receiver right now with, with Gabriel – or with um, yeah, Ridley Kyle out. Ridley out. Yeah. yeah. So – and then the rest of the way, it's like Joan Williams has been fine in a reserve role. Um, the, the safeties and the linebackers have been good covering guys out of the backfield. Mike Davis is a good receiving back, so that's not something – without Jamie Collins and with Josh Uche, who's injured now, like if he doesn't play, that's something you have to keep an eye on. Do we want Jawan Bentley out covering running backs again? No. Do you want a 32-year-old Dante Hightower covering running backs? No. But it's another situation where if you can stop the run, you turn them into a one-dimensional team, you get ahead. Matt Ryan's – I don't think he's good enough at this point in his career to bring the kind of talent he's going to have around him to score – what would they need? Like 24 points probably to beat the Patriots? Yeah. I don't I don't think he can do it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I, by the way, I think Josh Uche mispracticed today because he was working on fumble drills. Non-stop fumble. Bill Belichick says, "Don't even come up. Don't even come to practice. Just, just, just practice fumble drills." That was bad. That was bad. It was a hell of a play by Van Noy, and he just friggin'—I don't know what he was doing. Um, but you know, I think one of the things. Part of my take talked about this last week. Seven and zero this week, by the way. They were seven and zero this week on teams that had lost against the spread versus a team that had won against the spread. They flipped the the next week. Obviously, clearly. The the uh the Falcons lost against the spread and the Patriots beat the spread. And so, you know, that's gonna, you know, will that flip this week? Now it's five and a half. So it might be closer. But honestly, listen, the Patriots, Patriots are on a four-game winning streak. They're they're outscoring their opponents 150 to 50 in the last four games. 150 and to like 50. people say, oh, the Jets game. It's like, okay, take that out. That's still pretty impressive. Yeah. Like right. Over yeah, three like games. Yeah. Yeah, They've been up 13 points in, in two weeks versus yeah. Carolina, who, you know, obviously they, they had their offensive struggles, but Cleveland obviously is hit or miss, but I like they were a playoff team yesterday. Like they're, they're no one to scoff, especially with that defense too. Right. I know we're talking about the Patriots, but 13 points in two weeks. Like I don't care who you play in that league. Like that, that's impressive. It's impressive. Yeah. It's impressive. It could have been the Jags and the Jets and it's still impressive. Right. Right. It doesn't really matter what, you know, what it is either way, you know? And I just, for me personally, I just look at it and, and just think like, we we have a chance now to get on a roll, and if we beat, you know, we hold our own here and beat and beat Atlanta on on Thursday night, then you get Tennessee, and if you can split the Tennessee Buffalo games, those two, you know, you're going into the bye at what seven and five? No, eight and five. Eight and five. Like I mean, that's you're set up, and then of course you get Buffalo again at home. Uh, yeah, you know, and if you win that Buffalo game at home, now you're talking about you might be able to win the division. Never mind, get the five seed. I mean, the five seed is in is certainly in range right now. I think the Patriots are in the driver's seat for that five seed. Um, although they might have the toughest, they've got to have you, the toughest schedule of those teams. Left. And you, in that case, if it ended today, you'd go to Arrowhead, right? Chiefs are the four. Yeah, Chiefs aren't staying the four. Though. I think that they'll they'll go on. They're going to rattle off like <clears> six in a row. Yeah. They'll somehow be. Yeah. What's it? Twelve and five. Something you get like a nice, that. you get a nice slump you buster against. Three hundred points. You get a nice slump buster <laughs> against the Raiders, uh, and then they'll be back on track. You know, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. But either way, you know, whoever you're going to play, whether you're going, you know, into Baltimore or what, you know, wherever you're going, uh, I think you have a pretty good chance of winning that game. 
you know. Bill Belichick would hate this conversation. I'm just going to throw that out there. Like, oh, of course he would. We got Atlanta in like three days. So we're talking yeah. about who we're going to play the playoffs. Talk, we're talking about Atlanta. Talk, we're, we're, we're getting ready for Atlanta here, guys. So, but, you know, I mean, this is what we do. This is what we do. You, you know, you're always, always, looking, always looking past what we're looking at. Uh, speaking of Tennessee, that game, uh, I'm sure everyone's heard by now, is a 1 o'clock game. Uh, I would assume, you know, it's it's a little strange that it stayed a 1 o'clock game because, you know, Tennessee's 8-2, and two, number one seed in the conference. Patriots are playing well at 6-4, and four, four-game winning streak, and, you know, who knows what's going to happen this week. But I think, I might be wrong, but I think that, you know, the reason why it stays there is the 425 game that's going to be the national game is Green Bay versus the Rams. And the Patriots-Tennessee is not bumping out Green Bay versus the Rams. I don't care how good those teams are. They both be undefeated. Those two teams aren't bumping out Green Bay and the Rams because you got OBJ and you got Stafford and you got Rodgers and you get the Packers and you get the Rams and it's LA and blah, 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 whole thing. Like, you're not bumping out that game. And so no matter what happens, you can't bump it. And then you look at, oh, well, maybe it'll be Sunday night. Sunday night is, is Cleveland versus Baltimore. So that's not getting bumped. And so they just said, screw it. We'll keep it at one o'clock. And that'll be kind of the, the quote unquote national game. Because remember now, that's the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So there's been two extra games played already that week. So there's less games at one o'clock, less games at 430. So, you know, there's going to be less games going on. And so therefore, like anyone who doesn't have a game in that market will probably get that Patriots game. What they'll do is they'll throw Nance and Romo on the Patriots game. Then right. they'll they'll swap out Eagle and what Charles Davis. They'll throw them on the other game. And then that's right. that's their fix. Everybody, yes. everybody in the country that's not in a, a team that's playing in that area, you know, everybody's going to get both games. Right. Exactly. And we did we did forget to mention while we we're talking Browns, Jacoby Myers scored his first career touchdown, got into the end zone for the first time in his career, other than two point conversion. So shout out to him. I didn't want it to happen. I wanted no touchdowns. I wanted to throw twenty and catch zero. But that moment, oh, that moment was so awesome. And I think that that's so indicative of what this team is and why Belichick loves this team so much. He scores and the entire team is in the end zone celebrating with them, going nuts. Like that's what you want to see. Like that's the type of stuff that you like. Everyone's there. Everyone's celebrating. Everyone's happy for him. It's really just one of those moments where it was just like, it was so cool to see. And you, you can see how well, how well this team gets along uh, with each other, you know? And so that's the type of stuff that makes me happy to see. Uh, you know, and of course, then Kendrick Bourne. I don't know if they showed this in the TV broadcast, but Kendrick Bourne at the end of the game was was having a little dance party on the sideline, and and some of the guys were joining in and everything else. So it was fun. It was it was they had a blast. It was like a great, it was a great way to end to end the game. And then, yeah, you give up those two long drives, but they don't score. So you still you still keeping the seven points, which was nice. So. I mean, uh, when was the last time you saw Dante Hightower run onto the field for an offensive touchdown? Like you know that. That's yeah. the kind of moment that it was Doesn't where happen. it was like maybe Super Bowl fifty one. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. yeah right. So that was the last time, right? But uh, you know, you know what I was trying to say. Right. No, like, that's that. That was the last time I think. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, not even being a wise ass. Kind of a big one. That's kind of a big the one. Biggest you know touchdown I mean? in Patriots history. Yeah. Right? right. Yeah. You know, a close second, Jacoby Myers. <laughs> right. 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 You know, it's uh, it's you know, yeah, man. It's interesting. So it's, but this team is a lot of fun. And and someone tweeted that out. Like, I forget who it was. Might have been, might have been Kieran. Like, this place is fun. Like, this is a fun team. It's a fun team to watch. It's a fun team to root for. Like, man, like, you know, I'm just having a blast enjoying this team. Judon and Bentley and like, you know, all the guys on defense, JC Jackson and Duggar and like, 
you know, Barmore and those guys on defense have been have been have been playing great. And it's fun to see the young guys play well. And then, you know, Bourne has a ton of fun and, you know, Max playing great and Ramondre and Damian Harris. And like, you know, it's just been, it's been good. It's been a lot, it's been a lot of fun. And this team is, uh, this team has been a lot of fun to watch and to cover. And so, you know, it's, uh, it, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. So Thursday night in Atlanta, take care of business. Just all we got to do is take care of business, keep the train rolling. And then next thing you know, you know, we're seven and four heading home to play Tennessee. You beat Tennessee and oh my goodness, like now we're after the races. So, um, but you know, but yeah, it's going to be, I mean, who the heck knows, man, you know, you get, yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens. So, but anyways, let's, let's get into anything else that you guys want to add. All right. So let's get into, let's get into five minute fantasy. We'll get into five minute fantasy and then, uh, and then we'll go from there. We'll record it in a weird time, so I, I couldn't get anyone. But we'll just do the three of us because we got a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. So here we go. Five-minute fantasy starting now. Cam Newton, baby. That's the guy. That's the guy for yeah, me, Cam get- Newton. Go out there and get him if you don't already get him. I got a um, – my buddy in the chat, I got to give him a thanks for Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Uh, they're just getting <laughs> rolling now. Um, rub some dirt on that one with, with the, uh, 50 bomb they put up, beat him in fantasy hockey and fantasy football this week. So, uh, he had to come in here and, and, you know, taste his losses. Yep. Hey man. This doesn't look too good. (laughs) You know, listen, this is honestly, realistically about Mahomes. If, if for some reason someone was willing to dump Mahomes and you didn't jump on it, it's too late because, you know, you saw the game from Mahomes last night, and the, that price is never going down. I dealt for Mahomes in the offseason. You just dealt for him now. The like, most points in fantasy right now. Go get him. Are, go get him, man. Like, go. that's – I had yeah. – it sucked this week. I dropped Jacoby Myers and then Robert Woods <sighs> towards ACL on Saturday. So, a little bit of a plug-and-play with Christian Kirk this week, who did well with Antonio Brown hopefully coming back next week. But went from wide receiver you to uh scraping the bottom of the barrel here. So I, Van Jefferson couldn't get him. I wish I did. I think his stock will go up. Yep. Um, now that Woods is out, I don't, you know, who knows what OBJ does there. Uh, but that kid consistently, you know, took the top off the defense vertical threat for them. He basically ran Deshaun Jackson out of town as a second year guy. Yeah. Uh, I think that guy's a, a guy that people should jump onto. If you, I mean, I'm sure once Woods went down, he kind of flew off the waivers, but uh, I think that's a guy who could pop as that third option in, in Los Angeles. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and I think you know, I think Van Jefferson's a guy who's definitely getting slept on, uh, you know, and so that's that's kind of where those waiver wire pickups. Obviously, Ramondre, if for some reason he's still available, you need to go out there and get him. He shouldn't be. Um, matter of fact, he probably should have been drafted in most leagues. But if he, if for some reason he's still available, go out there and get him. Russell Wilson is a guy. Listen, I know he struggled. Oh my God, he struggled. First career shutout, but. If you're in a if you're in a super flex league, if you got two quarterbacks, even if you got one quarterback and your quarterback stinks, the guy that has him is probably pretty pissed that he has Russell Wilson right now. Me, it's me. See, there you go. Oh, <laughs> heated, couldn't be. I, we've talked about it, and I just I have to vent a little bit because yep. this is probably the worst fantasy week anybody's ever had, luck wise. Uh, Alvin Kamara out. Oh. DeAndre Hopkins out. Jamal Williams out. So I've got those three guys. Didn't even have an option of playing them. Oh, no, good. So my two running backs are Ronald Jones and Jeremy McNichols. They got me 1.3 points collectively. Uh, Russell Wilson got me seven. Kyle Pitts, Keenan Allen, and Michael Gallup weren't terrible, so I'll take it. Tyler Lockett got me three points. 
Derek Carr got me a solid 19. Um, and then I had Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers, 12, 22 and 12 points each on the Pretty bench. Good. Didn't play either one of them. Oh, so, no, on the bench. Oh, no. Yeah, on the bench. Yeah, I, no, I'm headed into, headed into Monday Night Football. I've got – who do I have? Debo Samuel, which is nice, but I also need him to score 30 points if I want to win. So it's nope. a tough week to be to be me. That's tough. I'm Dark Google. to somebody who's four and five. Julio, A.B., Hopkins, Kamara, and Russell Wilson. Yikes. And that's what you see, right? It, it's it's attrition at this point, right, where it's like, you know, you just uh, – those guys come through, and it's like – honestly, fantasy is a lot like regular football. The team that stays healthy the most wins. That's what happens, right? And, of course, sometimes it's like, oh, I screwed this guy up, and I should have put this guy in there, and blah, 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 whatever. But, like, for the most part, if your guys stay healthy – you're going to be okay. Right. And so, uh, and so that's, so that's going to be, you know, so we'll see, but, um, but yeah. So anyways, um, you know, listen, this is, this is the time of year, right? We're at week 10. You got a few weeks left until the playoffs. Of course you get one extra week, probably if your league was paying attention, you get one extra week. Um, so that the game, the, the, the league ends in week 17 instead of week 16, like it usually does. But now you got to make your move, right? Either you got to figure out what you're doing. If you're in a if you're in a keeper league or a dynasty league and you're not in it, just tank. Tank. Trade as much as you can, try to get guys to the future. If you can do that. If you're in a season long league, sell out right now. You got to you got to make a push to get to the playoffs. It doesn't matter how bad you are because if you if your roster resets anyways, it doesn't matter, right? If your team sucks, then try to try to full reset and just see what happens, right? See see if you can make some sort of craziness happen um, at this point. But your team kind of is what it is, but you got to go after some guys. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be – this is it. This is the time of year right now. So don't don't worry about – listen, if if especially a season-long league or season-long uh, league where it resets, if you're – okay, here we go. Uh, so definitely uh, – Jarvis Landry definitely worth a claim in PPR for sure. Absolutely. I know he had a bad game this week. Baker, everyone had a bad game on the Browns this week, but he's definitely worth the matter of fact. How about this for how about this for a Patriots defensive stat? The Patriots the timer had, went off. I know, I know. But this, this isn't this isn't fantasy anymore. Uh the Patriots had the two, the two quarterbacks with the most passing yards this weekend in the in the Browns game. So uh so yes. So I would I would definitely pick up Landry if that's the case. So anyways, bags. Uh you got a little issue going on over there, it sounds like. New puppy? Yeah, I just got a puppy yesterday. Uh, big day for us. Eight weeks old. Had a little accident, so I got to run. Um, <laughs> this is – we've had two All dogs before. There. Never had them as puppies. This is a – it's like a newborn, so I guess good training for me at some point in the future. But, well, we've yeah, all been I got to bounce, so I will uh, I will talk to <laughs> you all prediction. soon. Yeah. Score all predictions, right. Patriots 31-14. They blow them out. I've been Ooh. pretty good this year, too. I would like to go back and do my record. I Love will it. end on that. I will see you guys later. Love it. There <laughs> you go. All right, man. See you. So that's I like that. 31-14. What do you what about you? What about you, Keegan? 29-16 is what 29-16. I had. 29-16. So. A like blowout. That. Yeah. Yeah. Blowout. I'm gonna go Weird I'm gonna go football score. Yeah, is is that a score, Gami? 29-16? I don't oh, think so, but it's I it's a football it. score. It's like, like field that. goals and touchdowns and weird shit. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I'm gonna go. 25-17. Uh, I just think it's going to be a little bit closer. Oh, dark blue gold, 35-3. to three. Yikes. 28-3. Um, to, three. 28 to three. <laughs> That would be amazing. <laughs> um, 
So, well, did you see them? Uh, they were down twenty-eight to three to uh, to Dallas, and they tweeted out, like, yeah, "Yeah, we know, I know. we, we know, we know." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, but hey, I mean, this is this is definitely the time uh, for the Patriots. You know, get in there and get a win. Get in there and get a win. And I wrote about it yesterday. Like, don't fall for the trap. This is a trap game of all trap games. You're looking ahead now. You know, you're looking ahead to what the Patriots now playing against against a crappy team, but you're looking ahead to Tennessee, who's the number one team in the AFC. Don't do that. You gotta get down to Atlanta. You gotta be good good time for them to have a Thursday night game though, because it's it's is it a trap game when everybody thinks it's a trap game and, and you have Bill Belichick as your coach who thinks right. every game's a trap you know what I'm saying? Like No, I agree. I, he said it I think before he congratulated them on the win, like it's Wednesday. Just so you all know, today right. is Wednesday. Right. This is how we're operating. You know that that's who he is. They've got ten days to prepare for a, a good team on the on the back end of this. So more than the the regular seven that you get. So that might help them feel a little bit more comfortable about putting everything into this week and getting the win, and then they can move on. Because I'm sure that three or four day off period that they're going to get because they haven't had a bye week yet is going to feel real nice on the legs. You know. So. Yep. Put everything into this, and then you get your break right after. I I don't think they're going to fall into it at all. I agree with you. I I do agree with you. I just think this is one of those moments. And you look, you saw it two weeks ago. Buffalo lost to Jacksonville. You saw it last week. Baltimore lost to Miami. Like things happen like that, and I don't think that's going to happen with this team because they are very well coached. But I, it is a concern. It is. It's the NFL. It's hard to win in the NFL. It just. It's hard to win in the NFL, and so to do it consistently is not easy. And so, I mean, look, even the Titans, who are the number one team in the AFC, lost to the Jets, right? It's just those things happen when you're not focused and not paying attention. And so I do agree with you. I think they will be focused. Uh, but, again, that's that's kind of the only thing to be worried about at this point. And so uh, – and I agree. I agree here that being the road team on Thursday Night Football is challenging. However, was the game on Thursday night in Baltimore or was it in Miami? No, maybe it was in Miami because that, that was Miami. terrible. So never mind. Yeah. But yes, but that's but that's my exact point is that a good team going on the road against a crap team, you know, loses. And so, you know, you just got to watch out for it. That's all. And again, the Patriots will be ready. They'll be prepared. But I don't know if it's going to be a blow. It could be. I'd love it to be. Imagine five blowouts in a row. Oh, my God, dude. Five blowouts in a row. That'd be ridiculous. I don't think anybody in New England's had anything to stress about over the past month. It's just been like. That's true. Whatever. Red, Red Sox are already out of it, so you're not worried yeah. about playoff games. Unfortunately, you yeah. know what I mean. I know, I know. But I mean, but I mean, you're not stressing about playoff games anymore. The, you know what I mean? Celtics. The Celtics are the most stressful team in Boston right now, and good point. It's it's November, so no, like basketball hasn't even started yet. Yeah, it's not yeah. So, no one's people like no wait, one, it's it's Yeah, basically, yeah. exactly. So, but anyways, this is what we got, guys. Uh, we'll be back. Next week, of course, this is if you're if you're not watching us live, this is on Thursday morning instead of Friday because the Patriots are playing tonight, Thursday night, um, and uh, and yeah, so it's gonna be uh, it'll be fun. It's gonna be. I always love the Thursday night games. I love the Thursday night games. I love watching them uh, better than being there. I think because Thursday nights are tough, man. Thursday yeah. nights are tough. So yeah. better than Monday nights, though. I'll tell you that much. Monday night game ruins your whole damn week. Whole, ruins your whole damn week if you go on a Monday night game. So. But, uh, but yes, a Thursday night game isn't too bad because you show up as Friday and you're like, all right, I can just make it through Friday and I'll be all right, you know? So And, and Thursday night, the, you you get a full week, like, or at least for me, you know, like for us, we've got stuff that we have to do during the week because of the Patriots. Now right. from 
from Thursday to Tuesday of the next week, you got nothing. Yep. Five days and nothing. It's pretty nice. Beautiful. Yep. Yep. I'll take, I'll take it. it. Exactly. Exactly. So, oh, that's one more thing to mention here. Uh, stress about punt returns with with Gunner out. Jacoby Myers, although he did do well, and Spags pointed this out in the uh, matter of fact, I think that was the only down that he had was was Jacoby in the punt returns. The only loser was punt returner Jacoby Myers. Yeah, and and you know, like he probably could have fielded a few of those. Some of them were really bad kicks and really short. Like it's yeah. almost just like get the hell out of the way and don't even worry about it. You That's know, what like they tell him, like if if you're not camped under it for five seconds, then don't even think about right. touching it. You know. That's what right. they remember when Patrick Chung used to get thrown back there when Edelman would get concussed or whatever. Right. It was like, don't if if you're not standing still with your arm waving in the air like this, then don't touch it. So right. that's what they told him. I'd love to see Kyle Duggar get a chance to return some punts. It's probably not worth it because he's so valuable. I know, but, but he man, was electric in college. And again, he's, he's playing. He's playing against boys essentially, but still. Yeah, but still. I mean, he. You saw it, he killed Anthony Schwartz. I. Oh my yeah, God. Anthony Schwartz is fine, guys. Like he's all right, but he lit him yeah. up. And yeah, he knocked him in the next said week. It, said it tonight. Like I'm glad. I don't know about that hit, but I'm glad that I wasn't on the receiving end of it. That's a, that's yeah. the only thing I'll say about it. So. Right. Yep. I agree. So you're right. You're right about that. And uh, but we'll see if Gunner's back. I wouldn't be surprised to see if Damien Harris is back. Um, I think he might have been able to go yesterday. But they looked at it and said, we got a game Thursday as well. We'll put in Ramondre, and then we'll have both of you guys active on, on Thursday, unless Ramondre then isn't feeling right. great, and then he doesn't play, and Harris plays instead. So um, I, think, you know, we'll see. I think you're probably going to see Belichick say, eh, take, a, take a few more days off. I think we're all right with Ramondre. I, which he might. Yeah, which he might. Damian might get a, a couple extra days off, which would be you know much needed for a guy who they ran into the ground yeah. through eight weeks. You know, like they that poor guy. He was getting lit up all over the place. So maybe yeah. let the rookie take some hits and then get him fresh for Tennessee, where they'll need multiple running backs in that game. My fantasy team is going to love that, but it's probably the right decision. Yeah. So, but anyways, all right. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it. And we will, uh, we will talk to you next week. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.